Hello, and welcome to Pragmatic Live, Pragmatic Marketing's webinar and podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product team. My name is Kirsten Butso, and I'm an instructor with Pragmatic Marketing, and I will be your host for today's event, The Six Ways the Product Manager Role Will Change in 2018. In my role as a Pragmatic Marketing Instructor, I am super lucky because I get to work with hundreds of companies teaching product teams how to be truly market-driven. And one of the best things about getting to work with all these companies is the visibility it affords me into the trends and challenges facing product leaders today. So when my good friend Eric Bodick from Pindo had the idea to get together and talk about emerging trends that he also sees working with hundreds of Pindo clients, I'm not going to lie, I got really excited. But before Eric and I dive into these trends, we'd like to share a little bit of background information on each of our companies. One of the most persistent questions I hear when working with clients is, how do I create successful products and go-to-market strategies that deliver the biggest return on my investment? As experts in technology product management and marketing, it's Pragmatic Marketing's business to study this question. We have a rich history of helping companies succeed by implementing the Pragmatic Marketing Framework, a practical, results-driven blueprint of the 37 key activities required to bring remarkable, profitable products to the market. And to help you master these activities, we offer a comprehensive curriculum, real-world insights, and proven tools to help you succeed. Eric, you want to share a little bit about Pindo and yourself as well, please? Sure. Thanks, Kirsten. Uh, first, Pendo. Pendo is a product experience platform that helps product teams deliver software that users love. You know, Pendo provides insights from product usage patterns and user sentiment for making better product decisions. From these same insights, you can easily set up in-app messages, guides, and walkthroughs to help users get the most value from your product. So next, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm the former CEO and co-founder of Cerebellum Software company during the dot-com era. Uh, between then and now, I ran marketing, global marketing for Vitria, a company out in the valley. Um, as far as my educational background, I have an electrical and computer engineering degree from Carnegie Mellon University. Also got a executive management certificate from the Tepper School at CMU. So with that, uh, Kirsten, do you want to talk a little bit about your background? Yeah, Eric, great. And I'm very excited to be doing this with you today. Um, you know, before becoming an instructor with Pragmatic Marketing, uh, I actually was a vice president of product management and marketing, primarily working in the education technology space with organizations such as uh, Blackboard and Pearson. And I'm going to represent the, the West Coast uh, con education contingent uh, uh, to juxtapose against your Carnegie Mellon background. Uh, I do have an undergrad degree in marketing and also my MBA from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University. So with that, I think let's go ahead and get to the meat of what we want to talk about today. Um, as Eric and I started compiling the trends facing product leaders this year, we realized that they could be divided into three main categories, people, product, and process. And from a people perspective, we're going to dig into really talking about what that difference is between a product manager and a product owner and why we feel like that's really coming to a head in 2018 for our industry. We also want to talk about some trends that we're seeing from a product perspective, things like the consumerization of enterprise software, um, the multi-channel experience users are expecting us to deliver with our products, 
And we also want to talk about some process issues that are going to help us deliver great products to the marketplace. Uh, we're really seeing design thinking getting uh, deep traction in our industry this year. Uh, continuous onboarding and the delivery of value over time is important. And we're really starting to see that concept of agile permeating the rest of the organization beyond just the development teams, and we're starting to see agile for all. So let's go ahead and dig in. Trend number one, this is one I'm really particularly passionate about, product manager versus product owner. Believe it or not, it's been 17 years since the Agile Manifesto changed the way we think about development. And as you know, Eric, uh, Agile introduced this concept of a product owner into the development process. And that's great. Um, but as Agile became widely, widely adopted, rather than add headcount to the business, it wasn't uncommon to see organizations ask the product manager to also act as the product owner. Unfortunately, the result is that we've stretched our product managers really thin because we're asking them to simultaneously the strategic direction of the product while also acting as a daily subject matter expert for our engineering team. And as a result, what we found is product leaders spend way too much time thinking about things like release management and hardly any time gathering the necessary market data to drive the products uh, and their future. So the good news is I think that we're finally starting to get real with this challenge that we've created in the industry. Uh, the industry and companies are finally realizing if they're really truly going to embrace Agile, they have to start resourcing all of the required roles correctly. And this means that we need to think about the product manager and the product owner as two distinct roles. Eric, do you have any thoughts you wanted to add to that? Absolutely. Let me let me expound on your points a little bit. You know, first, how, how are these two roles different in an Agile team? Well, the product manager is charged with communicating the voice of the customer, right? He's, he's in charge of achieving both customer and market success. Meanwhile, you have a product owner, and Agile development teams are demanding that they articulate detailed user stories, participate in daily scrum rituals, answer questions as the customer rep. You know, really, this needs to be separate and distinct roles. And rarely, would I say almost never, I guess, are they going to be able to be filled by the same person. So this reminds me of hearing a job description the other day. Some company wanted a product manager who could also act as the product owner. Uh, and I read the description. It was really interesting. Here are some of the attributes they wanted from this uh, godlike individual. You know, first, they needed to have skills and experience in interfacing with customers. You know, they need to have experience driving strategic product direction. They need to be able to participate in daily scrums, represent the company with analysts and speaking. Oh, and, you know, they had to do some product marketing. Can't forget that, you know, general over-catching, you know, all product marketing help out there. And uh, I think they also needed someone who could pull a mean shot of espresso in the morning. You know, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. The list went on and on and on. Uh, what I would say is that we all need to have realistic expectations when it comes to filling these roles. What do you mean, Eric? We can't have somebody who can rub their head, pat their tummy, and jump up and down on one leg at the same time? Not very well, usually. That's the problem, <laughs> right? You know, some people might have had experience in all those spaces, but it's hard to find someone that could, you know, pat their head, rub their tummy, jump up and down on one foot at the same time, you know, while singing, right? So it's, it's tough. There you and that, that brings us to trend number two, right? Consumerization of enterprise software. Uh, what we see here 
is a trend that a fundamental shift really has occurred in the past decade. You know, the cost of technology has exponentially decreased. And if you read a report from our Wardman data, they say the cost of software has decreased by 67% between 1997 and 2007. Uh, this cost reduction has only accelerated. And this cost reduction has placed powerful computers and communication devices really in your hands, in the hands of consumers. A smartphone today, when you think about it, has the same computing power as a supercomputer did in the 1990s. And as a result of this, thousands of applications have been putting really rich experiences directly into people's hands, everything from games you might play to shopping platforms and social networks. So, you know, what does this mean? Well, now for virtually everyone, technology has become universal. The software industry has gone along with this shift and really disrupted every industry and business model. And as software continues to eat the world, innovation is going to continue to accelerate. And it's going to continually accelerate everything from the speed of access to user experiences built to delight. So what does this mean? Well, not shockingly, today's users are also employees of enterprises. You know, who would have figured that? And the expectations of the digital technologies in the enterprise are, are going to be conditioned by the user's experiences in their everyday lives. So there was a time when you could think about and get away with mediocre enterprise software experiences. You know, business users didn't really expect a whole lot more. But today, users have a really abundant choice in vendors. And on top of that, SaaS subscription models have made lock-in a thing of the past. So you have consumers who now expect software products that are easy, uh, super easy to use. Think of it as easy to use and, and adopt as their iPhone. So the expectation is that enterprise software will be more like Uber or Apple. And really the truth is, if these products, if your enterprise products, if enterprise products in general are not easy to use and help users accomplish their goals efficiently, you're guaranteed to have customer churn. And, well, no one wants that, right, Kristen? No, definitely not. Um, I think what you're saying is so true, and I think back over the course of my career, um, and when what it used to take to deploy software out into the marketplace, and there required, you know, a physical person to go out on site and, and go through a, a whole series of exercises to physically push new functionality out into the marketplace. And the reality is we've been watching cloud-based computing change everything. Um, McAfee did a survey of over 2,000 IT professionals, and 93% of companies are now utilizing cloud services in some form, and there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. Forbes is predicting that cloud computing is going to increase from $67 billion in 2015 to being a $162 billion market by 2020. And what's happening is the cloud is enabling organizations to push this new functionality that you're talking about to the market much, much faster. And users are getting increasingly demanding in their desire to have constantly have new capabilities at their fingertips. Um, what we're seeing is this has accelerated the product release cycles. When you couple that with users' demands, it's really fueling the need for enterprises to be able to scale their resources to better serve customers with the solutions that are, are always new and fresh. And I think what that does is that really leads us, begins to lead us into the third trend that we're going to talk about today, and that is the multi-channel experience. The reality is the consumerization of enterprise software, it's also driving this, as if, as if product managers didn't have enough to do already, um, it's driving this need for product managers to be more adaptable because 
Now they're required to deliver a multi-channel experience, desktop, laptop, tablets, phones, websites. It's no longer acceptable to deliver products on a single platform with a single interface. Users have several devices. They want to use them according to their preference. They want to be able to do it at any given time. They want to be able to do it at any given location. Basically, they want the modality that's going to suit them best, and they want it now. Uh, and as a consequence, product leaders must manage these multi-channel, must manage this multi-channel complexity, and they must be able to build products that respond to changing market needs very, very quickly. That's right. Eric, did you want to uh, add on to that? Yeah, absolutely. That's right, Kirsten. Uh, you know, as you know, the average enterprise has six employees facing mobile apps, and employees on average use three different devices in their daily routine. So smartphones have driven user expectations for intuitive devices, intuitive products, at a scale we've never seen before. Mobile users, as you know, as we all know, have very low, as I know, have very low tolerance for bad experiences. The average app loses 80% of its users within three days of installation. As you mentioned before, Kirsten, it really is all about evolving or perishing. So you know, based on that, great software products, what do they need to do? Well, they must deliver an exceptional experience at every user touch point, or they will be replaced. And with cloud-based offerings, it's much easier for customers to make that change. Our interactions with software are constantly evolving, but these experiences are rarely contained to one channel or device. So when you think about it as a product leader today, what do you need to do? Well, you and your product teams are tasked to create products that customers love. And they need to love these products regardless of the platform or device uh, through which they interact. This requires you, you as a product leader, to manage multi-channel complexity uh, as you build for a holistic experience. And you need to do this regardless of device or screen. I would say now, today, it's imperative for great software products to deliver exceptional experiences at every single touch point. And those who fail to do this are sure to be replaced over time. And that leads us over to trend four, design thinking. So by utilizing design thinking, product teams can make decisions based on what their customers really want, not based upon guesswork or instinct. And in most cases, simplicity is the key. You know, after all, there's a reason why some of the best user interfaces tend to have the least amount of buttons. Product teams often deploy design thinking as a way for creative problem solving during their process. Design thinking utilized elements and utilizes elements from a designer's toolkit. Things like empathy and experimentation, all of this is used to, to arrive at innovative solutions. So to quote from one of the design thinking overviews, this happens through five core stages. Empathizing, defining, ideating, prototype, and testing. Kirsten, do you have more you want to add on that? You bet. Um, I think to deliver an elegant solution in the way users demand, what we have to begin doing is we have to think beyond merely designing products, and we also have to start thinking about how to include context for the user experience. What is the business context? What is the social context? Because design thinking goes beyond features by attempting to match people's needs with what is technologically feasible in a way that drives customer impact and value. In other words, you shouldn't make your users think, click, and hunt more than they have to. We have, a, we have an actual responsibility to help them identify their end goal 
and then focus on building products that are going to get them to that end goal as quickly and as elegantly as possible. And the fewer decisions they have to make, the better. It's really about delivering an exceptional product experience with streamlined, streamlined and intuitive user journeys. And that's why now more than ever, I think it's really critical that product leaders establish a process to collect continuous feedback from a, a wide sample of users and then embed that information into everything we do, which incidentally is why it's important that we resource the product manager and the product owner roles accordingly. Because if we don't establish a resource in the product manager to be responsible for continuously gathering and embedding this market data into our product choices, we risk building products that people don't want, and ultimately, we risk becoming irrelevant. And I think that sort of leads us uh, in, into the next trend that we're, we're uh, going to tackle today. Eric, you want to take this one? Absolutely. You know, you, you made a good point. We risk becoming irrelevant, and that's exactly why Kirsten. We must continuously deliver value to our users. You know, product users, product leaders have traditionally relied on shipping products and features as their key measures of success. Today, I would say that that's not enough, and arguably it's probably never been enough. Product teams are going to be measured on and are increasingly measured on and should be measured on the value they deliver to end users and the impact of the product experience on business growth and profitability. Um, as I would, I would like to say, if you're going to get and keep reoccurring revenue, you need to deliver reoccurring value. So what this means is continuously measuring and improving user engagement with your products, identifying and correcting user experience issues that negatively impact customer satisfaction, and thereby increasing or decreasing, uh, if you do it correctly, inbound support costs. So let's talk about two areas, two specific areas, you can get a lot of results for your time investment. One is onboarding users, and the second is efficiently helping users accomplish tasks. So let's, let's start with onboarding. Uh, it's, it's essential to get users up and running in your product quickly. Uh, if they're up and running quickly, they'll realize time to value and ultimately avoid customer churn. In fact, how well a user is onboarded is the biggest predictor of renewals or churn. Now, obviously, you want the renewal side of the coin to guide your users through the initial steps of onboarding. Not only will they be less likely to churn, but you're likely to see improved engagement and they will see accelerated time to value. Second, let's talk a little bit about business outcomes accomplishing tasks. Now, this is all about your users coming into your product to accomplish specific tasks and to get core jobs done, right? When you think about it, people bought your product to help them do things, whatever those things happen to be. Uh, your responsibility is to help them accomplish these tasks, get these jobs done quickly and efficiently. You know, let's, let's face it, right? <laughs> your users would rather be watching YouTube, maybe cat videos, than using your product. So let's help them get their jobs done quickly and efficiently. Um, right. And I, I don't think we're, we're showing any partiality to cat videos here. I think that we could watch dog videos as equally, but I think your point is well taken. I just want to make sure that we're equal opportunity, uh, animal video watching there. I have a dog um, myself, you know, so I love them both. Love them both. There, there you go. Fish, birds, they're all good. We take them all. Um, I think, you're, I think you're totally right, Eric. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's been an interesting thing to watch how users really have arrived at a place where they have very little patience for anything but very fast time to value. And actually, 
businesses have that same phenomenon as well. Um, product managers, they have to understand that. They have to understand where new users are struggling. Uh, they have to set up guides and walkthroughs to assist them, not only through the initial steps of onboarding to improve those adoption rates, those are important, but we also have to figure out how to accelerate time to value, and we also have to make sure that we're constantly assessing usage and customer satisfaction to ensure long-term retention as well. You know, when I started my career, uh, I was lucky enough to be working for an organization where we were able to sign our customers to five, five to seven-year contracts. Those days are long gone. So you could sign, sign the contract and you don't really have to think much about it anymore. And that's just not the case anymore. You get somebody, you have to constantly be thinking about how to get them to value. Um, there was a study done by a company by the name of Local Analytics of 37,000 users, mobile users. And they said that that uh, study results indicated that 23% of users will abandon a mobile app after one use. You have one shot to capture those people. And 62%, 62% will only use an app 11 times. And with numbers like that, it's simply no longer okay to think about delivering value one release at a time. Whether product managers really do have to think in terms of continuous value. And this need for continuous value is driven by our ability to drive velocity into our organizations, which brings us to our last trend. And Eric, I'm gonna go ahead and turn that back over to you. So the last trend is Agile for All. So today, product leaders have the data, they have the tools, they can use these to drive the story. And this really means combining, you know, when we talk about data, this really means combining quantitative and qualitative data. So some examples of what you could be doing, or should do, and probably should be doing all of these. Uh, track NPS. You should be tracking NPS to measure user sentiment and satisfaction over time. You can be increasing engagement or retention with targeted announcements that you can deliver directly inside your application. You should be measuring adoption data when you launch new products. You should look at things like breadth of use, time to value, duration of use of the new products and new product features. You should be employing cohort analysis to measure onboarding over time. You could and should be analyzing specific page and feature usage and slicing that data across different segments, whatever segments are important to you. Those could be specific accounts of different sizes users from different geographical areas or any other custom segments you can think of. But you also should be surveying users in apps you know, to better understand uh, what they think of your product, to get better response rates, to see which behaviors lead to the happiest customers. Gaining this understanding of our buyers and being able to make changes quickly based on data should allow us to adapt faster and get more done with less resources. This fast cycle time of Agile gives us experiments in a buyer focus. And both of those things are unparalleled in the industry at any time in the past. So as a product leader, when you can run tests quickly, get results fast, and have the best data in your executive team, everyone else around you, everyone else at the head table should take notice. I cannot agree more, Eric. Um, the reality is this. If we're going to quickly and continuously deliver value at the rates our users demand, being the multiple channels users demand, we're going to have to think about how to extend Agile beyond our engineering or development organization into all parts of the organization. Um, as Agile becomes this dominant force in the industry, we can't really continue to separate it from the overall product lifecycle 
process. We must connect our agile development and engineering teams, our scrum teams, with our product strategy team. You know, one of the number one questions I'm always asked when I'm out working with clients, out working with students is this. What do I believe is the primary role of the product leader? And for me, the answer is really simple. Um, I believe that every day when a product leader walks into work, they should ask themselves, what can I do to shift the demand curve for my product to the right? What actions can I take with regard to understanding the problem that I'm solving, the pricing, the promotional activities, the distribution uh, activities? What choices can I make along that spectrum that are going to shift that demand curve from my product to the right? In other words, I want product leaders to be accountable for a product's overall success. And this requires that we connect Agile to all parts of the organization so that we can quickly deliver value at every level within the business. Um, Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add on uh, some of those trends uh, that we talked about? Sure. Thanks, Kirsten. So to learn more about how Pendo helps product leaders build products their users love, make sure to visit our website, surprise, uh, www.pendo.io. Uh, and if you want to leave, learn more in person, uh, the marketing team had asked me to remind you about Pendemonium 2018. It's going to be in Raleigh on March 20th and 21st. We'll be exploring the art and science of great software products. We have some great sessions. We have speakers like Dean Heath in near Ayal, uh, who's the author of Hooked. We'll have networking with like-minded peers. And as always, from Pendo, you'll get a generous helping of pink, of course, a little bit of pink, and some southern hospitality. You can learn more and you can reserve a spot by visiting www.pendo.io slash pendemonium. Uh, Kirsten, did you want to add some from your side? Absolutely. Um, we are going to share with you, we're going to embed some links when we send this uh, out. Um, we're going to share with you an article on how to do win-loss. Uh, we're going to share with you the soft skills you need to succeed. We, of course, have our annual uh, product management, product marketing survey. And we're also going to share an infographic with you on the seven soft skills you need to uh, have career growth and, and a successful career trajectory. And so I think that's it for today. I want to, again, thank everybody for joining and hope everybody has a great rest of your week.